Welcome to Christian Overcomers. I'm Pastor Ben Heath, and I'm going to take you on a line-by-line study through Genesis chapter 50. The Egyptians mourn for Jacob. You know, we come to the final chapter of this great book, the book of Genesis. And last week, we saw the patriarch Jacob give blessings to his 12 sons and, and then pass away. But in this chapter, we're going to see Jacob get a funeral proceeding like like has never been seen before. I don't think there's any other anything else like this described in the Bible. And I think it's interesting because I think it's perhaps a type of all the mourning that's done for Christ even to this day by Christians all over the world on Good Friday. And we just we just had that, by the way, and today's, uh, you know, depending on what calendar you're using, of course, but today is uh, most Christians are celebrating Resurrection Day today as I record this. Um, but nevertheless, um, let's get reading. Let's get reading. It's a fast, this is it. This is it. Long, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty long book, 50 chapters, and here we are. Verse 1, and Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father, and the physicians embalmed Israel. Okay, so embalming preserves the body. Um, and, you know, we might ask ourselves, why did Joseph have this done? Well, I, don't really know, I don't really know for sure. It does seem that Joseph may have picked up some of the customs of the Egyptians while spending so much time there. And, you know, I suppose all of us would. I mean, he worked for Pharaoh for, you know, for many years, was in prison there and, and uh, was, you know, this, he, this was his life and this is what he knew as an adult. Um, so I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this particular custom, but J- Joseph did it because, I mean, he was, he was sort of an Egyptian. He was married to an Egyptian wife. Okay. So Egypt was a big part of his life. Um, verse 3, and 40 days were fulfilled for him, for so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him threescore and ten days. Now, both the number 40 and 70 are prominent numbers found throughout the Bible, astronomy, crea- anything to do with creation, as well as paganism. Okay, as well as paganism. And I've been mentioning it, but by August of this year, I'll be publishing a book that goes into great detail concerning the significance of numbers like these. Okay, so I, be on the lookout for that. It is in a, it's, it's, it's so exciting when you can see how deep God's word is. Now, when I say pagans use it, it's because pagans knew a lot about these things from before and they copied them and they put their own twists. I'm not promoting paganism and pagan numerology, but they've taken their mystical numbers, if you would, from God's word and from creation itself. Um, And that's part of the quest of learning how to calculate the number 666. First, you have to understand how to calculate uh, numbers, and I'm not talking about just math, like one plus one and all that. There's a there's a there's a special method to it that God had uh, referenced in Revelation chapter 13, and and 
and that book is uh, is going to go into great depth on that. Okay, so back to this. Even the Egyptians now check this out. Even the Egyptians mourned for Jacob for seventy days. I mean, that's a long time, man. I mean, things were sure things were sure different back then. I mean, now maybe. We celebrate the life of prominent leaders, uh, heads of state, for several days to a week, and then we move on to a different news cycle. But this is two and a half months long, 70 days. And I think on uh, top of that, we're going to even have more than that. Okay, here. Um, and when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spoke unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, Speak, and I, I may also add, 70 was the number of Jacob's family when they went into Egypt to join Joseph, okay? 70 souls. If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die in my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan. There shalt thou bury me. Now, therefore... Let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. Okay? So, for some reason, Joseph doesn't go directly to Pharaoh. He first asks the house of Pharaoh. And, um, you know, before it seemed like he would just go straight to Pharaoh himself. Why not here? Well, it could be that this is a different Pharaoh. Um, that rose up after the other pharaoh, and maybe he's not as close to this guy as he was the other one, because I, I don't know how you could get any closer to the other one. The other one was the one whom Joseph interpreted the dream for, and so on. So maybe there's a little bit of a distance here between these two, okay? Uh, verse we, we know later on, another pharaoh rises up that uh, enslaves the Israelites. So, um, But He's the, the, whoever this Pharaoh is, they still hold a, uh, Joseph still holds a lot of sway with him here. Verse six, and Pharaoh said, go up and bury thy father according as he made thee swear. Verse seven, and Joseph went up to bury his father and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh and the elders of his house and all the elders of the land of Egypt. Now check this out. I mean, Pharaoh's servants came, the elders and all the elders of the land of Egypt. I mean, this is this is a royal entourage for Jacob. Okay, um, very very interesting and and seems to be a very special moment in history here. And all the house of Joseph and his brethren and his father's house, only their little ones and their flocks. And their herds they left in the land of Goshen. Verse 9, And there went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great company. Okay, this is a huge group of people. Again, talk about a royal burial. Think of how much money this must have cost Egypt to send this group up there. Now, Again, I do think it's interesting that the Egyptians paid so much respect to Jacob like this. Uh, no doubt they looked to him as, you know, such an important or mighty man because of because of his son Joseph, who saved all of Egypt from the seven-year famine. And that possibly could have 
led them to some superstitious beliefs about Jacob, that he was some kind of a messenger from the gods, even though he really was a messenger from God. Uh, but, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, maybe they realized he was a messenger from the one true God. Um, that's possible as well. But whatever the case seems to, whatever the case seems to be, um, it's interesting how this, this seems like it could be a type of how all nations will one day come through the 12 gates of New Jerusalem, named after each of Jacob's 12 sons, to, uh, to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to honor him, to respect him. That Savior that would come through this one, through Jacob. Okay, Jesus even says that many, this is interesting, Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, he says that many shall come from the east and from the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Okay, interesting. Verse 10, and they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond Jordan, and there they mourned with a great and very sore lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. Okay, so I mean, this is some serious mourning going on here. Verse 11, and when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning in the floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Wherefore, the name of it was called Abel Mizraim, which is beyond Jordan, or the, the, the mourning of the Egyptians, okay? So even the Canaanites were surprised by this and said, man, these, these, these Egyptians sure are mourning this guy. Um, and so, you know, it makes me think, is God trying to get our attention about something? Why so much mourning at a death here? when afterwards is life. Is it because, um, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Why would they put so much mourning into this? I mean, is it because this was before um, eternal life was well known, you know, after Jesus died on the cross? Is that why there's so much mourning here? Is that the type uh, do we think of death as, you know, death until released from death by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I don't know if I put that the best way, but nevertheless, I mean, it just seems kind of odd here, okay? Lots of mourning over death. Well, whereas today we seem to celebrate a little bit more. Of course, we, we mourn those that loved ones we know that have passed on or that have died tragically. But in the end, we know that uh, they are you know, in the, in heaven with our father. That is if they are a believer. Okay. Um, in verse 12, and his sons did unto him according as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field for a possession of a burying place of Ephron, the Hittite before Mamre. Okay, he's, he was buried with, again, he was buried where all of the other patriarchs and their wives were buried. Abraham and his wife, Isaac and his wife, and Leah was there. 
not Rachel, interestingly, uh, awaiting to be buried next to, she wasn't alive, obviously, uh, but her body was there awaiting to be buried next to Jacob's, okay? And so they did that. They brought him to that place, that cave. And that, that seems to be a very important place. I mean, think about it. All of the Egyptians came to this place to give honor and respect to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's why I brought up, you know, the, the scriptures where Jesus, when he talks about the kingdom of heaven, he talks about people rejoicing with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, but here they were mourning, okay? But that joy, uh, that mourning will one day be uh, turned into joy at the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I believe. Verse 14, And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. Okay, He did as he was commanded. It's all done. Okay, The great patriarch is gone. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us, and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. So now, the, you know, these guys are living in fear now, the, the other brothers, the other tribes of Israel. They're saying, man, you know, now that dad's gone, Joseph's going to get us for what we did. He's going to really pay us back. Um, and, and they're scared. So this is what they say. Uh, verse 16, And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying... So shall you say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin. For they did unto thee evil, and now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of, thy, of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. Okay, You know, I would have thought this would have already been taken care of. Um, I thought they probably had already repented. But maybe they hadn't completely. Uh, it seems kind of odd, but nevertheless, uh, they're you know maybe they did. Now they're doing it again since their father's gone. But um, you know why are they so concerned? Why are they so concerned? Let's let's see what happens. And and his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, "Behold, we be thy servants." Okay, again, fulfilling the dream that Joseph had of his brothers bowing down before him. It's coming to pass. Here they are bowing down before him once again, just like he saw years ago before they betrayed him. 19, and Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? Am I your judge, is what he's saying? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring it to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now think about that. I, I can't help but think of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ even. Um, the scribes and Pharisees, they thought of it with evil intent, but it actually turned out to be a good thing because Jesus would be the lamb sacrificed for the sins of the world. I mean, think about that. This is a type of or a prophecy of Jesus dying for the sins of the world, being persecuted and betrayed by evil men, 
for the purposes of God, to save much people alive. Okay? But just like he, you know, he already told them this, but they still, you know, they felt they were still worried. Now, therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. Now, I mean, Joseph showed his brothers so much grace here and everything that he, you know, ever since the day he, he met them and, and so on. So, you know, let us, let us remember that sometimes when people persecute us, it could be God's way of moving us into a position to serve him and help others that we wouldn't be able to help otherwise. So don't always look at, don't always get so caught up in, uh, you know, that person really betrayed me or they did that. It, it might be part of God's plan. Relax and uh, trust in God, okay? And, and see where he leads you. Verse 22, And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house. And Joseph lived in 110 years. That's another interesting number. Um, apparently, 110 years was supposed to be the perfect amount of years to live according to the Egyptians. So no doubt this really played up on them. And maybe God did this for a reason because this would make the Egyptians really honor and respect the Israelites for a long time until the bad Pharaoh comes up. You know, what is it, about 400 years later or so. Um, so anyways, 110, 110 years old. Um, so, you know, perhaps God plays off of their superstition, the, the superstition of the Egyptians. Who, who knows? Um, verse 23, and Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Mechur, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. Okay. You know, this is interesting. You know, seeing Ephraim's children, Joseph being able to see Ephraim's children to the third generation uh, seemed to be something worth mentioning here. Why would God put that in here? Well, I believe it's because it underscores the importance of enjoying family, your children, grandchildren, etc. Okay? That's important. As Christians, we need to be sure to value these things. I mean, leaving family and offspring on the earth is one of the greatest blessings talked about in the Bible. It is of such great importance that it was the first promise given to Abraham. In Genesis 12, verse 2, it says, And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And then in Genesis 15, verse 5, God says to Abraham, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. The seed. The offspring. That was one of the greatest blessings that a man could have. Interesting. Why do we not value these things like they used to? Um, so as Christians, let us never forget that. God underscores the importance of children and children's children. Okay? Verse 24, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you, 
and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. Okay, He's prophesying of their eventual deliverance, the, of their eventual exodus from the land into the promised land. Okay, And he wants his bones actually carried out away from Egypt. Interesting. Okay, Verse 26. So Joseph died being 110 years old, and they embalmed him and was put in a coffin in Egypt. Okay, So this book ends basically with the death of two great patriarchs. But not only does it end with the death of these guys, okay, it also ends with the hope of the promised land. Okay, remember, remember when Jacob, we just read about in the beginning how, how everybody went to the promised land to honor him and they mourned over him. And now Joseph eventually is going to be carried to that same promised land. Um, so, you know, there's just so much to be said um, in conclusion here. This was such a fascinating book. And, you know, it took us a long time to get through it. I think we did 64 videos prior to this. Some chapters we did several in the beginning there. We did several studies on. And our first, uh, our first study began, in January, began on January 12th, 2018. So we've been on this book for about two and one-fourth years. Okay. In, in my book, uh, that's... Too much time to be on one book, even a long book. I, I think we need to get through those through the books faster. So, just a little update. We've come up with a plan here. We've come up with a plan to get through our books a lot faster. We're going to start doing two uh, audio podcasts uh, a week, uh, two chapters a week, as we go through the books of the Bible. So, in other words, if we went through this book of Genesis again, which we're not going to for a long time, um, you know, it's, it's 50 chapters. It would take us 25 weeks. You know, what is that? 25 divided by four, you know, it'd be six, you know, it'd be whatever. I don't, what would that be? Um, you know, uh, now I'm stuck doing math under pressure here, but anyways, it, it, it would be a fraction of the time that we spent on this book now. And that's, that's, kind of our, our method from here on out. We really want to get through the books. We want to still get the same amount of depth as we've been getting in on these studies. But I've, I've uh, done some restructuring around here, and I've come up with some uh, uh, efficient ways of getting more done um, after, after much prayer and, come, and finding uh, you know, certain ways to do some things. So I, God willing, we're going to keep plowing through, plowing through here, and we're going to get through many more books at a faster rate uh, coming up uh, throughout this year. So I'm so excited about this year. I'm so excited excited about what's to come. Um, and I hope you are as well. We're going to be starting the book of Daniel, by the way. Um, I'm going to have a week off here, week off to get some hiking done, to get some uh, uh, some other things done that I want to do and just enjoy the enjoy doing some other things. And then we're going to get into the book of Daniel, the following week. All right. God bless you. Stay in his word every single day. 
so that you can be a Christian overcomer. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If so, please like, share, and leave your comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, my friends, stay in his word every single day so that you can be a Christian overcomer. Thank <laughs> you.